0: Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Duke Backus. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. We're going to just kind of wrap this, this uh, message that I've been preaching the last few weeks. We're going to wrap it up tonight. And we're thankful that every opportunity that we have to open the Word of God, He speaks. Amen. How many of you know that he is the living word? Amen? The Lord is the living word. He speaks to us in a powerful, powerful, powerful way. And so I'm so thankful because last week, when we were studying these, these verses in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, to be exact, we saw that Jesus, Jesus was seen by angels. Amen? We saw that they they he, they witnessed Christ and, 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 and they witnessed everything from his, his birth. They announced his birth and, and they saw everything that, that, that happened to his life. They, thre- they strengthened Jesus through his hour of temptation. Amen. They strengthened him on the cross. They spoke to him. Uh, they spoke of him at the tomb. And they spoke of him when he ascended back into heaven. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 22 is a verse that we read. Last week, I just want to share it with you. It says, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. It says, and you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. There's angels that are all around us, amen. They are, they are God's divine beings that are used for his divine purposes, amen. Amen. I'll never forget one day my my well, then girlfriend, but my wife now. We were, we were going somewhere uh, right before service, before church started on a Sunday, and we were back here, you know where the Edinburgh Hospital is. We were right there on on Sugar Road in Trenton, and I remember, you know, the light turned green, and how many of you know when the light turns green, you go right. And I'll never forget. As the as the as the light turned green, you know, I began to go, and the next thing I know, there's a car like right up on the side of my car. I almost got T-boned. Like, I mean, it was just like a flash, and the next thing I know, I opened my eyes and there was a car just like at a stop. God commands angels concerning his children. Amen. Amen. I know I wasn't a good enough driver, and I couldn't have got out of the way quick enough, amen? But I'm thankful that the Lord would do things like that every single day, amen? Every single day. And so the scripture says that Jesus was noticed, he was announced of, he was seen by angels. And we should never forget, church, that his kingdom is a kingdom of of, of spirit, amen? It's not a kingdom of flesh. Flesh and blood, the Bible says, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These bodies are perishable, amen? They will one day, you know, decay in the earth. But the Bible says when we are clothed with the imperishable, that is the spirit of the living God, then we are able to to see the Lord's work and his power in our life, amen? And so just like the Lord had prepared angels for our defense, our edification, our rebuke, and so on, so we learned last week that the enemy has angels as well. We might forget that. We might forget sometimes that the enemy actually has his set of angels as well. Matthew 25 and 41 says, he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I reminded you last week that Satan himself is a fallen angel. This is why the Bible says uh, that he masquerades as an angel of light. So all the time, there's there's every single day that you and I are going through the spiritual battles that we face. I can guarantee you that when the Holy Spirit speaks something, the enemy has something to say about it. The enemy will will, will will allow a you know one of his his demonic angels to say something that's contrary to the word of God, right? And we see that in Matthew chapter 4. If you've ever read the story of Jesus and his temptation in the in the wilderness for the for 40 days, uh, not his temptation for 40 days, but, but his fasting for 40 days and then his temptation afterwards, we see right then and there that Satan comes to attack him. And he challenges him with things like Did God say, and if God will, and if you are the son of God, and the enemy will always try to get you to contradict what the word of God says. Amen. This is why Hosea 4, 6 is really important. How many of you know what Hosea 4, 6 says? It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen. 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 This is why Sunday school is important. Amen, Brother Noella. Amen. This is why Wednesday night church is important. Can I get an amen? This is why Sunday when you gather, it is important. Amen. This is why opening the Bible every single day of your life is important. Amen. 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 Because if you don't know what it says... The enemy's so quick and crafty and deceptive that he'll all of a sudden take something that sounds really close, really similar, but he'll just edit a few things out. He'll just twist the words a little bit to get you to believe something and to try to get you to fall into his vices and in his traps. Amen. Heaven and angels are real. Amen. It's a spiritual world, a dimension of being where God and and Christ actually exist. And when the word of God declares, church, that the mystery of godliness is great, it's because of the angels in heaven they point to one who is greater than this world, and that is Jesus. Amen? We also learn that Jesus would be preached amongst the nations. What's so beautiful about Jesus is this, is Jesus is not exclusive Amen. In other words, Jesus didn't come just for one type of people. He didn't come just for one certain nation. He came for all mankind. Amen. To deliver both Jew and Gentile. Amen. To deliver every single person from the grips of sin and hell and set them free. Jesus is for all mankind. Amen. He's for all mankind. He's not just for old folks. That's not a dig at the older folks. He's not just for the young folks, amen? He's for everybody. He's for every nation, race, creed, and tongue. The Bible says that that in heaven, church, every tribe and every tongue and every nation will be represented. What a powerful picture, amen? What a powerful picture when we can't even get along with, you know, other nations in this world, you know, every time the Olympics rolls around, how many of you like to watch the Olympics? I love watching the Olympics. You know, it, it, it's a it's an awesome time to be patriotic and just, you know, root for America, right? You know, and 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 thank God America's pretty good at most of the stuff that they compete in. Except for, I don't know, hockey and, you know, figure skating or something. I don't know. But we always see the, this one big union. And have you ever seen, like, when they start the Olympics, right, at the, at the uh, what is it called, the opening ceremonies, right? Like, they have these opening ceremonies, and it's so awesome to see just all these nations represented. And sometimes it's just one guy holding a flag for his country, you know, because he was the only one that was good enough to get there. And then other times you see all the other nations. In church, if you could just kind of get this overview glimpse of what heaven will look like, I guarantee it's going to look something like that. You're going to see people of, of every tongue, every age, every skin color. Amen. From all across the world. They speak all different kinds of languages. And what a beautiful, powerful picture that is that Christ came to die for the sins of the world. Every single one of us. The undeserving lost world, though, deserves to hear the name of Jesus. This is why he must be preached, amen, until he returns. This is the great commission. This is the responsibility that every believer has, that is to preach the name of Jesus, amen? To preach him until people don't want to hear about him anymore. And in fact, I know there's some people that don't really care to hear about Jesus all that much anymore. Keep preaching. Amen? Keep preaching. The Lord can turn anyone's heart around at any time. Amen? We have to believe that. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Amen? To all creation creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It is as simple as that. Amen. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Let us not forget, church, that we are privileged to speak the name of Jesus. Amen. That's a privilege. That's an honor that we should never forget. Quickly tonight as we continue on, what else separates Jesus What else separates Jesus from being just another idol or just another quote-unquote God? I want us to read this. 1 Timothy 3.16. This is the verse that we've been covering. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached amongst the nations. And he was believed on in the world. He was believed on in the world. This was the very reason and purpose for the incarnation of Jesus Christ. This is the very reason why he came to this earth so that some might believe on him and have the honor and the privilege to live with God for eternity. Amen? The honor and the privilege to live with the Lord for eternity. This is what belief is. Amen? He's asking that you would believe. Tonight, I'm so glad that these testimonies, you know, came, you know, to me today because we're talking about belief. Amen? You're talking about belief. That's where the rubber meets the road when you are dealing with a dire situation, when you are in the middle of something. You either believe or you don't believe. Amen? You either believe that God can be your deliverer and he can see you through anything that you you have ever faced in this life or you simply don't believe. There's no in-between. There's no impartial belief. You either believe what he has said concerning your life. Think of it this way. If we can't believe him now, how do we believe that once we have gone into the earth and we have died, that he's going to resurrect us? You have to believe that before it happens. Amen? You have to believe it while you're breathing and living and while there's blood flowing through your life or else you don't believe it. So the day that that appointment with death, that finality that you will have on this earth comes... You will not be resurrected if you did not believe. Amen? So we must believe in him. We must believe that that he can and will and is able in all things. And the Lord, church, is not asking you to figure it out. He's asking you to trust that he already has. His resurrection plan works. Amen? Amen? I said his resurrection plan works. If it can work for Jesus, amen, and get him out of a tomb three days later when they had Roman guards guarding it and when they had people saying, don't let him out, then surely, God, it could work for you. Surely it will work for us. Surely he is able, amen. John 11 and 40, I love this verse. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Now let me remind you where this verse is from. Jesus in this portion of scripture was speaking to Martha, the sister of Lazarus, right? And he's there and and, and he's he's speaking over her life. and, And if you remember the story, at this point, Lazarus had been in a tomb for four days. Her brother had died. When we've ever gone through the anguish of losing a loved one, And I know many of you have. Those moments are so challenging and powerful. They they pain our hearts in ways that we've never felt pain before. And in this great moment of her desperation, in this great moment of her agony and her pain, Jesus reminds her. He reminds her, he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Before this, he had told her, he said, your brother's not dead. He's what? Asleep. He's not dead. He's asleep. And she says, oh, well, I, you know, I know that. And she didn't really know what he meant. She didn't really know what what he meant, you know, you know. She was already thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that hadn't even been written yet. <laughs> Those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, amen, the dead in Christ shall rise. Like she was in there in her mind, and that's not what Jesus was talking about. He said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Four days her brother is in a tomb. And how many of you know, church, there's a lot of dead people out there? Amen. I'm not just talking about a cemetery. How many of you know that there's a lot of lost souls? There's people that are dying literally without Jesus every single day. They're the walking dead they 're the living dead they're walking without hope they're walking without joy they're walking without knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and people without the life of Christ they're, they're you know they're just lost they're, they, they don't have true life in their body they're people without hope without the love of God people without joy they're broken they're in desperate need of the love of God but the question always boils down to the matter of if you will believe. If you will believe. If you can s- stop your rationalizing, stop your logic, stop trying to add up the things in God's kingdom, because guess what? God's math is not like ours. Amen? And we're trying to wrap our minds and our hearts around things in the ways that God does things, and we're trying to understand all these things, and the Lord's like, Do you believe me? Do you trust me? I can imagine Martha's going, he's been in a tomb for four days, Jesus. Come on, don't play with my heart like this. Don't mess with my life because I'm thinking right now that, that, you know, why would you even give me a hope if there wouldn't really be a hope? Because how many funerals had Martha attended before this? Maybe never saw anybody come out of the grave. How many funerals have you attended and never saw somebody come back to life? Wow. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And there's many people that want to witness the glory without belief in Jesus. There's many people that want to witness the glory. They want to see God actually do something without actually believing in him. Amen. They want to witness God without believing in God. And you know what, church? You want to know something? Jesus actually let them believe in something. I'll prove it to you. John 14 and 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? He goes on to say, the words I say to you I do not speak. On my own authority, he said, but rather it's the Father living in me who is doing the work. He said, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. He said, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, at least believe on what you have seen happen. By this time, Jesus had already, you know, uh, you know multiplied the food. By this time, there was, there was lame people that had walked. There was blind people that had now seen. There was lepers that were now cleansed walking around the city. He said, listen, if you don't believe that I am who I say that I am. Believe in the evidence of the works themselves. At least believe in the miracles that you've seen me do. I'll never forget, you know, a, a, a young man that I had the opportunity to pray for right over there where Michelle's actually standing. <laughs> she didn't want me to call her out, but it was right there. And I'll never forget, I, 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 at this time, this was maybe eight years ago, I'm guessing, or nine years ago. It was a while back. And I had the opportunity to minister the word on a Sunday morning, and and at the time, I want you to know something, church. I I I had almost never laid hands on anybody. It wasn't something that I did. It was something that you know, pastor would do, or ushers, or prayer, you know, team people that we had at the church at that time. And I'll never forget the Lord clearly showed me this young man, and I'll I made just a beeline for him, and I walked straight over to where he was, and. And it wasn't something, like I said, that, that I was comfortable even doing. But I walked over to the first young man, and the Lord told me there was something wrong with his heart. And I looked at the young man, and I said, is there something wrong with your heart? And he goes, no. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, I feel really dumb right now. Faith is a, it's an incredible journey. I said, okay. And I looked at his brother next to him, who was pretty obvious. He had a, a sling on his arm, like a shoulder sling, and his arm was kind of propped up like this. And I said, can I, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. So I began to pray for him, and I'll never forget what happened. I felt like what was like fire and electricity just shoot. And we both, we, we both believed at the same time. I'm praying for him, and I'm like, man, Lord, you know, touch his life, touch his body, Father. Just heal him, strengthen him, God. And then it was like, and then we, we're both looking at each other, and I said, did you feel that? And he goes, yeah. And I said, move your shoulder. That was the first thing that I thought of. I said, move your shoulder. And he goes, and he was like blown away because he had no pain. And I looked at his little brother and I said, do you know Jesus? Do you have him in your heart? He goes, no. I said, do you want Jesus in your heart right now? He said, yes. And I prayed for him and he received Jesus. Amen? Amen. What's the point? His belief came through the works and the evidence that he saw. Amen? His belief came through that. This is why testimonies are important, amen? This is why prayer is incredibly important, amen? This is why offering prayer outside of the church is even more important, amen? This is why walking around as a living disciple of Jesus is incredibly important. Because somebody will come to know Jesus through what they see and not just what they hear. Somebody will say, hang on a second. Is he real? Yeah, he's real. Yes, he's real. And they'll be convinced in their heart to then believe and confess him as their Lord and Savior. Amen. When Christ left the earth and he ascended into heaven, there were only 120 people who were following him and who began to share The gospel, But within 50 years, every nation of the world had been touched for Jesus. That is, thousands upon thousands had accepted Christ. So many, in fact, that Paul declared that the gospel had been carried to the ends of the earth. I'll show you a few verses. Romans chapter 16 and verse 25 says this. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden... For long ages past, he said, but now is revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all nations might believe and obey him. Amen. To the church of the the Colossians, Paul, he commended them and he began to thank the Lord for their life and for the way that they believed. In Colossians chapter one, in verse three, he said, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, when we pray for you, Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all of God's people. He says, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. He said, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing just as it has been doing amongst you since the day that you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth want to highlight a couple things to you there just for a second. He said, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all of God's people. Imagine having belief and faith enough that people somewhere else know that you have it. Amen? How powerful is that, that Paul would go from city to city? This is before the internet, right? They couldn't post on the internet and say, hey, everybody, I have faith. No, they heard about it because the people, the people told the stories, the people shared the testimonies. And so by the time that Paul actually gets to this church, he says, I've heard about your faith. I've heard about your belief. I've heard about the way that you love others, the, the love that you have for God's people. Imagine if Rock of Ages, imagine if your life and your family, your lineage, your heritage was known for your faith. I want to be known that way, amen? I want us to be known that way that when somebody crosses paths with you, they say, hang on a second, aren't you that guy that believes in Jesus? Yeah, I'm that guy. Aren't you that person? Isn't that your family that believes so much in the power of God that you believe that he can do all things? Yes, that's our family, amen? How many of you want your family to walk that way, amen? You want your family to believe that way, It's so powerful. And the second thing he said was this. And the love that you have for all of God's people. Can I tell you that all of God's people is everybody in this world? Everybody say amen. Amen. He created us all, therefore he loves us all. It didn't say all the love that you have for Duke. All the love that you have for Pastor Soto. All the love that you have for your brother and sister in Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell him you love him tonight. You better be able to do that. (laughs) Tell him you love him tonight. You see, the love of God is way bigger than a building. Amen? The love of Jesus extends way, way past this place, amen? But I want us to ask ourselves this question. What is the difference between the witness of the early believers and, the, and our witness today? I'll ask it again. What is the difference between the witness, that is, the way the early believers lived and walked, and our witness today? Why were they able to reach so many and today it seems that we reach so few? Ask yourself that question and just kind of ponder on that Just for a minute, just just let that one sink in. The answer is the truth of this point, belief and love. Two major elements that the church has lost sight of today. There's ministries and pastors and doctrines and teachers out there literally doing everything that they can to get you to not believe in this. And guess what? They say they're a part of the church. Amen. There's pastors and teachers that say, how crazy are you that you would believe that, that God could resurrect a child from the grave? How crazy are you that you, you think that, you know, you, you should just pray for somebody's sickness. You need to take them to the doctor. Hey, you know what? I'm grateful for doctors. I'm grateful for physicians. But I would never... Never want to lose out on my opportunity to be to have the hands of the master physician touch my life. I have to believe in such a way, church, that is contrary to the thinking of this world. We're grateful for what God has given us in the way that He provides for us, but guess what? There's some things that man cannot touch and only God can do. Amen. And you will be criticized by people for the way that you believe. You will be criticized and heavily ridiculed by people because they say, What is this nonsense that you believe? How is it that you think that God could do this or God could do that when all they want to point out is all the injustices of why God didn't? Jesus said for you to believe. We can never expect to inherit this eternal kingdom in heaven if we cannot believe everything that his word has promised you, everything that his word is able to provide for you. Linnell shared that verse on Sunday, and it was a powerful message, amen? said, oh, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Forget not all of the benefits of God. All of the things the Lord is able to do despite our wickedness. Despite our frailties, our shortcomings. Despite all the reasons why we don't deserve to have the Lord even touch our life. that We're thankful that he does. We're so thankful that he does. Amen. Belief in love. Love is a huge element. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 13. How many of you read these verses? Amen. They're not just for dating by the way. It's a chapter of love, but it's not just the, the dating chapter. Some people like to pull out the First Corinthians 13, you know, verses around every Valentine's Day. All the Christian couples do it. I've seen it. <laughs> Y'all make me. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians to, to that church. Chapter 13. He says, if you can fathom all the mysteries of God and you could prophesy and you know all the revelations but have not love your life is noise your life is nothing but noise it's nothing but just this irritating sound how many of you like can't stand crickets amen you know or or what's the other one the the chicharras or, or what's that other thing oh my lord it's like the lord made a bug that sounds like electricity and it's always on outside. <laughs> Thank God for my home, amen. <laughs> Thank God that we get to live indoors because, you know, some people probably have it pretty tough. But there are bugs that just, nah! and imagine being compared to that as a Christian. I'm a drummer, so I know how to hit those things over there. But if I went up there and just hit the cymbals nonstop as hard as I could, you would be like this you would be like, oh, what is that sound? What what are you doing? And he literally says that your life without love, your life without the love and the power of God that compels us to witness is noise. Who cares if you could fathom the mysteries of God if you don't love somebody to Jesus? Who cares if you got bachelors in divinity and masters in divinity plaques on your wall if you don't love Jesus? Who cares what title you might carry in church or, or you, know, you know, something that you do for God. It, none of those things matter if you don't love people the way that he loves you. They don't matter. It's nothing but noise. And so Paul said he had heard about their love for all of God's people. What a testimony. What a powerful testimony that is, is that he knew that they were a loving people before he had ever received their love. I pray that's the testimony of this church in this city and community that we live in. That they love people. They'll welcome people with open arms. They'll treat them the way that Jesus treats us. They'll be generous. They'll be hospitable. They'll be caring. They'll be peace-loving. They'll be joyful. The world needs the love of Jesus, amen? Jesus loved everyone, all of those who were outside of the walls of this church. He loved them. Amen? You know, the church, the body of Christ has no walls. Amen? I said the body of Christ has no walls. In fact, Jesus proves my point pretty good in John chapter 20, verse 26. Everybody remember Thomas? Thomas? Thomas was that guy that struggled to believe, right? John 20, 26 says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Amen? How many of you, you know, would probably, you don't like to hang around with a Thomas, amen? (laughs) And you know who they are, all right? Don't look at them, don't look at them. All right, it says, Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked. Okay, everybody know how you get into a room? Through an unlocked door. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood amongst them and he said, peace be with you. Now hang on a second, I have to pause. Jesus literally just walked through a wall. Everybody shake your head and say yes. He walked through a wall and then he said, peace be with you. If somebody walked through a wall in my house, I'd be like, dude, what would you... What are you doing here? I probably would have been a little bit perturbed, a little bit afraid, a little bit bothered by the fact that somebody just walked through a wall. But guess what? It was Jesus. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Then he says to Thomas, he says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my sight. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting, Thomas. Believe. Look, here it is. There's the scars. Look at my side, the scars are there, he says, but stop doubting and believe. See, church, the gospel wasn't designed, and it's not limited to, it's not hindered in any way that it should ever be kept secret. The gospel is not some secret manuscript that we're supposed to hold and camouflage and protect with our life. No, the gospel is to be shared. Amen. The gospel and the truth of who Jesus is deserves a voice like your life to come out of your life and to come out of your mouth and to speak about him endlessly, tirelessly until the whole world hears. Until the whole world knows, church. Because listen to me carefully. Jesus was chastised. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. His beard was torn out. His body was bruised. His body was pierced. He was bloodied and beaten for our sins. And guess what? If all of a sudden we are too ashamed to be able to tell of this glorious news, then we don't really believe. You don't really believe if you can't testify about this. I encourage you tonight to check your belief. Check your belief. That girl that went to my house on Saturday got a dose of what I believe. Because I know that the gospel, I know that the power of Jesus is the greatest gift and the only gift that this world ever needs to see. It is the most powerful thing, church, when you get this. It is the most life-giving thing that when you understand that he is this glorious Savior, then we owe him our very life and being, church. Oh, man. Once you get that, once it sinks into your heart and into your life where you begin to tell. You see, there's a people here sometimes that got a lot to say, but it's not involving Jesus. There's a lot of people sometimes that have quick words and they're quick to chat about all kinds of stuff, but not about Jesus. It's time to get this thing right in the church once again, amen? It's time to get this thing right. Listen, if we're going to talk, the only name that should come out of our mouth is Jesus, amen? The only name that is worthy to be glorified. The only name that is worthy to be praised. Simply believing about Jesus does not surrender one's life over to him. This kind of belief is missing today. Many believe what they've heard about Jesus Through other people. Or what they don't like about Jesus. Through other people. However, a belief about Christ is not the same as believing in Christ. Simply believing doesn't cast one's being and all that one is upon him. This is the glorious mystery of godliness. It's that a person can be saved by believing in Christ. Amen. It's by really believing on him. That means you place all of your faith and belief in knowing who Jesus is and who the scripture says that he is. And not only do you believe it, but you act upon the truth that you know. Amen. You act upon that thing. John 3, 16. You know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. John 5 and 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned, he has crossed over from death to life. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, it says, but what does it say? It says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is what? It is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. You see, our faith and our belief in Jesus combined with that outward expression of, of confession provides for us salvation in Christ. It provides for us salvation in Christ. How many of you believe? Amen. Amen. Then openly confess your belief in Jesus. Openly confess your belief in Jesus. I have to say this because it's, it's so true. Don't debate Jesus. Don't debate Jesus with people. Jesus, the Bible says that he was like a lamb led to the shearer. He remained silent. They always try to coerce him into proving his claims, proving who he was. The word of God, church, is so powerful that it stands on its own. Amen? And I think sometimes we think that we have to be defenders of the gospel and go and argue with people all day on Facebook about, you know, God this and God that and doctrines and all these things, and when, uh, when in reality you're doing a disservice to God. Because you're not acting like him. You're not, you're not, I mean, there's time for correction. Don't, don't hear me wrong. There's time if you know that somebody's beliefs have maybe taken a turn. Yes, there's, there's always an appropriate time to correct and rebuke and discipline. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this, is sometimes you're getting into arguments with individuals that don't even know Jesus. Jesus. And your arguing shows nothing of Jesus. (laughs) It shows no love. It shows no peace. It shows no joy. It shows that you're just trying to prove a point. Jesus doesn't need any point provers. (laughs) He needs people that will love him the way that he loves you. Amen. Amen. And finally, this evening, what separates Jesus to the highest level of greatness where no one else can compare? Let's read that verse one more time. 1 Timothy 3.16, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached amongst the nations. He was believed on in the world, and he was taken up in glory. Can somebody thank the Lord for that today? This is a reference... To the ascension and the exaltation of Christ. That is, he has been exalted, supreme king and majesty over this universe as Lord of lords. Amen? And as king of kings, as the prince of peace, as the one who rules and reigns in this universe in glory and majesty with power and dominion forever. Amen? He will always be and he has always been the lamb of God. Amen, church? He will always be the lion of Judah. He will forever be the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess because he alone is the name above all names and he alone is the way to heaven. Amen? amen. He alone is the name that every tongue must confess and every person must bow to and they must surrender to and be saved. Jesus is the only hope for the nations. Jesus is the only hope of eternal salvation, amen. Somebody shout out his name with me tonight and say Jesus. It's his name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Jesus Christ has completed the great work of salvation and guess what? He has been taken back into heaven to the very place from which he has come. He is eternally glorified. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he shall sit upon the throne of heaven until he chooses to return to this earth and take his children to be with him in glory forever. How great is our God. How great is our God. How great are you, Lord? You are so great in everything that you do. Mark 16 and 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Luke 22, verse 69. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. I love Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in the appearance As a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Jesus Christ, church, is at the highest place throne today amen can you thank the lord for that he is still the king of kings he is still the lord of lords and no man idol image or principality is greater than our god amen and the final question that i have for you today is i ask you to stand is jesus christ king of kings and lord of lords in your life today is he king of kings And Lord of lords in your life today. Is your heart trusting and believing in this great God that you've heard about? You see, you could have heard about Jesus. But the difference is is believing in Jesus.